You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show Extra right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, delighted to be your host as always. It's a Clydebank special in this week's show. We're delighted to be joined by the Clydebank manager Gordon Moffat. Gordon, it's a pleasure to welcome you on the show. Thanks for joining me. No, pleasure to be on again. Have a chat with you. Brilliant. And we're joined as well by the Clydebank captain, Nicky Little. Nicky, it's a pleasure to welcome you on the channel. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. Well, it's just so we, just so you know, before we, we go into stuff, there's a lot of stuff coming through about you and the experiences in the dressing room. So, are you any kind of ideas where they're coming from? Class. <laughs> well, we're going to go in. We're going to do a lot in the show. We're going to obviously do just talk to Gordon and Nicky about the Clyde Bank start to the season so far. We'll talk about about both men's careers. We'll do the quick fire questions, teammates round. We'll do, open the, the floor up to some fan questions. And then we'll look at what's coming up for Clyde Bank. So we'll start off, Gordon, with you. Obviously, third in the Premier Division so far after 12 game, eh, 16 games. First 12 games unbeaten, then it's been two defeats, four draws and 10 wins. If somebody had said to you at the start of the season, 16 games, you'd be sitting third in the league, would you be happy with it? Um, don't know if I'd be happy, but I, I'd, be, I'd probably be content, would be the right word. You know, it's kind of... It was obviously, I think I spoke to you at the start of the season, Scott, before we kicked off. And yeah. in my mind, that was kind of the remit, was to get us back at the sharp end of the league, um, which is obviously where we are just now. And there's, you know, there'll be a lot of hard work to keep us there. But um, I would say, you know, it's been a mixed bag. You know, it's been a mixed bag. We've, we've got a new squad who's not really had a chance to play together. Last season, we got seven games and a cup game before it got curtailed. So, and then we've added a few more again in the summer there. So sometimes I need to remember that myself, you know, take a wee step back and remember where we're at. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's been good over the piece with some not so good stuff in there. That's probably more my assessment. Nicky, how is, how's it been for you? Obviously, last season was a bit stop-start with COVID and things like that, but how, how happy have you been to get back to a, a normal schedule? No, it's been good. Probably speaking for majority of boys in the league, like... Who played and who didn't last year, but getting back into a bit of routine, whether it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever the routine is, it's brilliant for, for getting the league back going and how competitive it is as well as this year with 20 teams. Um, but no, it's been good. Back to enjoying it, back into the routine again. Definitely. Gordon, the first two games, obviously, it was a 2-2 draw with Auckland Lake. We spoke about that at the, at the start of the season, then it was a 2-2 draw with Cumbernauld. What was, what was it like to get back to it, back to normal when obviously a big first game against Auckland Lake and you've been kind of after watching them, you've been surprised how well they've started as well? Um, no, I mean, I've not been surprised how well they're doing, not at all. Um, it was obviously, I said to you at the time, when I was on my shankers and that as well, it was a very tough first game to be given. But, you know, I thought we were thought we were good that day for good spells. It was a, it was a pretty good ding-dong game, to be fair. Um, we, we had a really good start and then they grew back in. They tweaked their system a wee bit and... Then we were behind and we got ourselves back into it. So draw was probably fair. It was but uh, it was a it was a great um, game to get us kicked off. 
And then obviously after the two the two draws, six wins in a row, scoring sixteen goals in six games. Nicky, what about the what about those games was was kind of sticking out? Just how well we kind of the team was scoring goals and what kind of changed for the first two games to the next six? Just probably carried on a bit of momentum. Um, going to Talbot, obviously first game of the season, picking up a point, we're probably content with that. Um, coming away and then a bit deflating, drawing to Cumberland Old. Cumberland a good side, but home games. Probably wanted to take the first home game of the season, wanted to take three points, but just something then clicked and we got in a wee rhythm. And cause it was when you're playing so close together Saturday, Wednesday, you can get in a rhythm or just gradually turning up, taking three points and just keep going and just kind of steamrolling a wee bit. We just got in that bit of routine and it was good. It was um, enjoyable as well. And it's a tough league to go and to go undefeated in eight and I remind one six in a row. So no, it was good. Gordon, obviously the you've made a few signings as well, James McKinley, obviously coming through Auckland late. There's a couple more come in over the summer. How's it been kind of gelling them in? Obviously, you've got a couple for last season as well that maybe this is their first kind of full season at the team. How's it been kind of gelling everybody together? I mean it's been fine, you know, and I think we're we're at a stage now, you know, I say it to the guys all the time, they're they're a really tight group, you know, it's it's good to see, you know, they do a wee bit of social stuff as well together, golfing and that and that's great, you know. That's that's important for me. Um, but yeah, as you said, Scott, you know, it's it's been a it's been a big turnover of players since I came to the club, which I felt was needed. Um, I felt it was needed, you know, just taking stock in that first season, um, and no really reflection on guys' ability that left the club. It was more just I needed. I felt it needed really freshened up, um, bringing more guys and more ideas, and you know, so we've done that. So it's been a huge turnover, and as I said. At the start, um, last season we only got eight games to, and we we're getting into a wee rhythm. Obviously, we we won them all, but one that we drew, so that was frustrating last season. So we almost felt like you were restarting that again, coming back in pre-season. They've been doing remote training and all that, so we had to kind of go back to scratch again and and build again, which is difficult. But it's been the same for a lot of teams, and I think the lads have they've handled it really well and. You know, they were ready, they were ready for the start of the season, fitness-wise, and it was just, just about getting them into games. Nicky, your, goal, your wonder goal that's got 50,000 views, talk us through that and how how buzzing you were to be popular on social media for a day. Yeah, oh, it was just one of these freak things, probably. I think the game against Cumnock, we probably started well with a few half chances, and then we're in a bit of ascendancy, whereas things like that come off, whereas if it was Getting beat 2-1 with 10 minutes to go and you're not going to hit the ball, I don't think you'd probably try it. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I don't know, it's just one of them freak goals. I probably never had it sweeter again in my life. Um, but my phone was going mental, right? it's probably as quick as my phone battery's drained. Um, <laughs> but no, it, was, it was funny, yeah, it was um, just one of these freak goals. It was You'll take it once it's given, but it was a bit of, I don't know, I couldn't really explain anything about it. I probably don't really know what I was doing shooting for anyway, and it was a goal kick, so... I couldn't really explain much about it, just probably a freak incident, but I'll take it when it comes. Definitely brilliant. Gordon, the two, again, another, your four draws have all been two each. Obviously, the draw with Meadow and then the, the draw with Darvel, which everybody's kind of talking about. It was one of the most, it was a really, really tough game and things like that, and everybody felt Darvel should have got something. But how did you find that game? Obviously, that was, Darvel obviously been a big, a big kind of club to look out for, but what was your kind of thoughts in that 2-2 two, two draw with Darvel? Um, probably one of my biggest disappointments from us of the season um, in terms of performance wise I thought um, we obviously we got a point at, at the game in the end which was great under circumstances but 
Um, aye, probably, probably our, our biggest disappointment in terms of particularly first half. Um, Darville obviously got a squad full of quality and they, they dominated the half, really dominated the game, to be fair to them. Um, and we had to we had to tweak what we were doing and second half was a wee bit more even at the start. Um, then they go to in front and it's the way we were playing that day, it felt like we might be slipping away a wee bit. But obviously the lads done brilliant. You know, we, we pushed a wee bit and the last 20 minutes we really got in this ascendancy and and we were really at it the last 20 minutes, had the bit between our teeth and and went at them and we obviously salvaged something. But you know, and I've said that to the guys in, in the bigger games, you can't turn it on for 20 minutes and expect to get anything. We were lucky enough we did get something on that occasion, but you can't keep doing that, you know, and that, that it was it was really frustrating that um it was just a 20-minute spell, really, where we showed them what we were made of, um, particularly at home. So, uh, it was frustrating, but also pleasing at the same time to get a point. You know, as I spoke about, the, the close-knit um, sort of attitude and the unity of the squad, that's really important to me. It's something I try and create. And actually, it was good to see that back, but we know we can we can be a lot better. Nicky, it was important to bounce back for the, the two two draws with some good victories against Blantyre and Bonneton. Aye, I obviously uh, one tie is a tough place to go. Um, it was a kind of tough night for us as well. I don't think we played very well first half and level, and then second half were a bit better, um, a bit more direct, and it worked. So obviously one tie is a tough place to go with the park and that. So to take three points from there, it was obviously huge. And then bonneting as well, like you can get that game underestimated, but we played that season last year. It didn't really obviously continue. We played bonneting. And they gave us a scare, but we won 2 1. But it was a, we struggled that day, so we knew exactly what we were getting ourselves in for, whereas some other teams might not. Um, but I obviously, it was good to just go and get three points and just kind of get a build up momentum again. Gordon, obviously, after that, the, the loss to Paul, was that, a, was that a hard one to take after the, the 12 game unbeaten run at the start of the season? It, I, it was hard. Um... I mean, obviously, you know, as I said a number of times, going back to last season as well, it had been quite a long time since we'd lost a game of football at the club, you know, a very long time. Um, so it was hard to take in that respect. But again, you know, Pollock will feel the better team for large chunks, which they were. Um, but again, particularly first half. Um, second half, we were, we were really going into the game. And then it was, as everybody knows, it was a bit of a freak red card that, they got us ended. Um, we actually up up the up the levels after that, and again, the attitude of ten men might as well go for it. The lads were terrific with ten men, um, and again, if I'm probably going. We, we could have got something out of that. Pollock sucker punched us the last kick of the ball, but in hindsight, probably never deserved anything. But could have got something again, which is testament to players. Um, but I was disappointing to to lose such a long unbeaten run, but particularly in manner of doing it, you know. You know, with the red card and all that, it was a wee bit, it was hard to take. Boys were hurting after that, so was I. Nicky, obviously, after the, the pot is all two wins against Cumberland and Rutherglen, but for you, what was, the, what was it like the, losing that unbeaten run to start the season? Uh, yeah, obviously, we knew it was going to come to an end at one point. Um, no, we weren't really going to each game thinking, oh, we might lose today. It was just the fact that we wanted to just continue momentum and stay competitive in the league. And obviously losing to Pollock, who are obviously above us in the league, it was a um, it was a bit of a blow. That's really the thing. It was, I it's a shame to lose unbeaten run, and hopefully we get another one going. But it's probably just the fact we lost to somebody who's 
round about us in the league. That's probably the main blow for it, to be honest. Gordon, is it good as well? See, obviously, when you have a bad result, you seem to bounce back with victories. Does that please you how well they're bouncing back? Yeah, I obviously it does. You know, that is a big, a big factor. You know, I've said that to the boys on a number of occasions that good teams react to setbacks. Um, and you know, we certainly done that after the Pollock game. Um, I think it was was it Cumbernauld? Cumbernauld and Rutherford. The Cumbernauld game, a really good performance that day. I, you know, as Nicky says, against a team who'd caused us all sorts of problems at home part. Um, I thought we were really, really good that day at Cumbernauld. Complete control, um, bar maybe a 15-minute spell at the start of the second half. So that was pleasing. And then obviously the other one game, different type of game. You know, they, they sat in, in their shape and their back five and were organised and, you know, credit to them. You know, they worked very hard, but and we had to dig that one out a wee bit more. But again, we got, got the job done. Obviously, as well, you've entered into the Scottish Cup. Nicky, how big a buzz is that for, for you to be playing in the Scottish Cup? And obviously, an impressive first round against O'Keefe Thistle, and then obviously going on to Elgin, which is going to be the BBC. It must be a buzz to be part of that competition. Yeah, no, it's great. It's probably a bit of testament to the board and the committee with the hard work they've done over the past 20 years. Um, to allow us to play in it now, but it's brilliant for us. It's brilliant as players. It's probably what you look forward to each week. You're looking forward to obviously the first round draw and then the game, and then you're in the hat again for the next round. So it's brilliant. It's a good buzz and it's something to look forward to. Um, it will be tough. Obviously, the two leagues above us and all the pressures on them in effect. They've got to come to us and aye, it's on TV and stuff, but we think nothing to lose really for the game. We'll go in and give it our best shot, and we're not expected to go through. so all the pressure's on them to come and deliver and make a statement, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Gordon, what's it like for you, obviously, with the Scottish Cup? It's obviously a big thing for the club to get back into that competition after being so long out of it. It must be, like, for you as a manager as well, it must be a great kind of sense of pride as well to be taking part in that, to, that kind of competition as being the Clyde, you're the Clyde Bank manager to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you know, I've said that, I've said that in a lot of things recently. That you know, it's, it's a huge honour to be the guy leading us into that. You know, because I know, for being a player, probably over a decade ago, um, I know for being a player at a club that that's that was always what we're building towards. You know, it was yeah. building towards being a senior team, getting back in these competitions. So, uh, the way you know the way football works and a bit of fate, it turns out that it's me that's that's leading the team back in that. So, um, I it's a huge honour. You know. I said to the players after the O'Keefe game in the, in the dressing room that probably don't appreciate just how happy they've made a lot of people. Um, there was a lot of tears that day, believe it or not, you know, from the board and, and sort of fans that have been there a long time, you know, when we're coming off the pitch. So that's pleasing, you know, that's, that's why you're in football, it makes sort of memories like that and it was, uh, it's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see Clyde Bank back to taking part in that competition. But the, obviously last night, the, the defeat against Hurl for Nicky, what went wrong? Um, probably a combination of things as well, poor finishing. <laughs> um, we, we made chances, we made a lot of chances. And another day we probably take the majority of them and make my way with three points. Um, probably poor finishing and coupled with the fact we're a bit poor defensively, which isn't like this tonight. Well, uh, last night, sorry, a few goals, which not like is a bit poor, but collectively as a whole, if you're not if you're not converting your chances and then you're being a bit leaky at bag, it's it's not going to work out well for you. But Huddleford were good, like they were a good side, they've done well. Um just probably both both 
the together combinated just the fact where it's you're not going to pick up any points on the night. Gordon, what was your thoughts on last night's performance against Oldford? Ah, it was. I'd said to um, you know, your guy Davy after the game, it was a bit of a strange game. Um, I thought we, we started the game well. We, we could have been in front after a minute uh, with another couple of good chances. You know, Nicky had a good chance. Um, we, we could have probably scored three or four goals in the first half and Hurlford had scored a really good goal, you know, a free kick for the edge of the box. So obviously, fully play to them because they, they took their chance. And, you know, so I was sitting at half time and I was a wee bit, being 1 0 down, a wee bit frustrated with it because I thought we'd played some decent stuff and, and decent spells. Um, and it was, uh, it was more the chances, just no putting them away. Whereas, obviously, as I'd said, and maybe Darvel and the Pollock game, the bigger games, we, we never really performed for long spells. So I thought, I didn't think it was that last night. I thought we'd done all right. Um, second half, Hurlford were better. Um, probably first part of the second half, they were the better team. Got the second goal again for sort of poor defending from us. Um, and then after that, we've, we've really turned up the heat. And when we go 2-1, I'm thinking we'll, we'll get at least a point from this. Um Hendo said that to me after the game, you know, chatting to him, I get on well with Hendo, and he said that himself, he says when it goes 2-1, he says, I'm thinking, if we get out a point, we might be all right, but um, but goes 2-1 and we, we give them a, a sort of horror goal for our perspective and kills it stone dead, so as I said to you, you know, it's in the big games, we need to we need to take the, take the ascendancy and, and get that first goal, get a second goal, we, if you're chasing them, there's only so many times Um even with the quality we've got, there's only so many times you'll dig yourself out of trouble and um, just give ourselves too much to do, I think. Nicky, before we move on to talk about your careers, how do you feel about the start of the season? Do you think it's been relatively good so far? Finishing, well, sitting in third position with 10 wins, it's a, a lot of teams would have took that at the start of the season. A uh, majority of it's been good. Like, like you say, you're, you're third place out of, out of 20 teams, so you've got to look at the positives of it. Um, Probably it's a bit frustrated as well because we've probably dropped to points at home where you've got to be looking to use your home form to your advantage and we've not probably done that up to now. Um, but like you say, probably content where we're at. We know there's a lot of football still left to be played here. Um, so we'll just probably content is probably the word we'll, we'll take it on, but we'll just need to push on for the, for the rest of the season. Definitely. We'll talk a bit about your careers as well. We'll start with you, Gordon. You, you obviously spent a bit of time in your playing career at different clubs. You obviously played a bit of senior with Albion and East Stirling and then junior with Glenafton, and Clydebank, and obviously Rob Roy. What was your kind of highlights of your playing career? Uh, I think the, the the days down at Annan were, were good. You know, um, I, sort of, I left Queen of South at a time when we scrapped the reserve system and effectively I got offered a one-year deal as a reserve player to try and to try and fight it out for a first team place and it, I was 18 year old I, I just I didn't think it was going to happen um, and I left to go to Annan and I had five, six seasons there it was they were probably they were up there with the best days of my career you know um, Gary McMenamin who's my assistant now you know we became really good pals over that time and you know that's why he's ended up with me now and um, so they were really good but I think getting get the opportunity to move up and play senior football at that time, because at that time, man, and were an East of Scotland team yeah. uh, before they came into the league. And I think getting that chance to take the jump and test myself, that was that was probably a big highlight. And there was, you know, in my in my senior career, which was relatively short, there was a lot of big highlights. You know, we got to we got a semi of the, the Challenge Cup with Albion Rovers, played Ross County. Um, 
Easterlin, you know, we went to Easterlin when we were doing was all the takeover stuff and there was a lot of excitement about the club and we're on Sky Sports, we played Rangers at Ibrox, so there was a lot of good things that I would pick out and then in junior days as well, you know, won a few trophies and promotions and um, so I lo- loads of things, loads of highlights, but I don't no, really get any major regrets. Brilliant. Nicky, you obviously had a, a kind of different start to your career. You spent a bit of time at youth level, then you went to you moved to the States. How did that come about? Um, growing up, my family in America. So right. we used to go over there, like, I used to go over a few times every few years and stuff like that. And then so I was always aware of, like, the college system and, like, scholarships and all that. So since I was over there and getting the fact you could go and you could go and do like a scholarship as well for playing football or soccer, whatever they call it. Um, you could go over there and get a degree while playing basically full-time football for four years. It was it was brilliant. No, it was great. It was a brilliant experience. Um, something to look back on now and I'm, I'm proud of that. I left it six years here and I went straight to America at 17. That was me till I was, I was 21. Um, so it was brilliant looking back on it now and it's full-time football. You're in the gym. It's fitness is a was trying to train you to be an athlete and that as well. It was completely different from what I was used to over here, basically boys club and that as well. But no, it was a great experience and I've met a lot of great pals through it as well. You also went to Australia as well. How was that? Well, one of my pals, I was one of my pals over from America, he ended up getting a job in Australia as like a football coach. And he was this was over in Sydney and then he was transferred to like Perth for their division, but he was told to basically get his own guys in. Right. So I think he just wanted a lot, a lot of his pals in as well. So we were in a big house of six so so we just got a lot of pals over and that was us on Australia for a year. Um, again, we played football, we played over there as well, on, kind of played in the same team that as well. But it was brilliant, just a, another great experience to say, yeah, something you really couldn't say no to. Um, I'd actually signed with Clyde Bank and then I played with Lars and I'd come back and signed with Clyde Bank and then he offered me a job to go to. He offered me a job to go to Australia and I had to just had to phone Budge up and just think it was the day before pre-season started. So he's probably teams already started and I've just phoned him and went, oh, I got a job in Australia. I think he thought I was taking the mic game. Um, <laughs> he was buzzing with that one. <laughs> I don't think it was best plays. It's uh, dry at best of times. Um, so I just told him I won't be here for a year, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm coming back. And obviously a year later I was back and that was, that was me. But no, Another great experience. It's something that probably, looking back now, I'm glad I've done. If I, now, if I said no back then, I'd probably regret it. But no, it was a great experience as well. Brilliant. Gordon, obviously, you, you move into your kind of coaching after at Rob Roy, you go in with Stuart Maxwell as assistant, and then, obviously, your time at Rossfield, you lead them to back-to-back promotions. Talk about, first of all, kind of Rob Roy and how it came about that you went into coaching. Was it always the plan to go into that, kind of, that part of the game? Um, I, It was always my plan to to be a manager ultimately um, I so it was always my plan to go into coaching and see where that could take me I know that you know not everybody's lucky enough to just dive into a management job but um, it came about quicker than I than I definitely quicker than I expected um, I basically retired effectively when I was 32 because uh, you know my, I, I went in and Max made me, made me club captain at Rob Roy when I left Clyde Bank um, my first league game of Pop my socket, detach my retina. Um, pretty serious injury. Surgeons at the time said it was similar to a car crash injury. Um, patched me up and I finished that season. But 
in my job, I worked with computers and data and stuff. And, you know, the surgeon effectively said to me, take another bang in that same area. You've got big problems. Um, and, you know, my message was obviously in my case as well. So I made the decision. I just, we were, I went in for signing talks from actually for obviously the following season. You know, I think he was looking for me to obviously just sign another year. And I just said to him, look, I'm, I'm done. I'm not playing. And, uh, it, to be fair to him, he just instantly said, well, come into the coaching staff. I've seen enough of you as being captain. So that, that was how it came about. And, um, you know, we had big Paul Ronald there, who's great for me. He was assistant and really good coach. Learned a lot from him. And then when Paul left to go to Queen's Park, again, Max, he's asked me to step up to be assistant. So jumped at it. And then really from there, I was just looking. I was from being, When I moved to assistant, that was made up my mind that, I don't want to do this. I want to be a manager. I'm on right. So, and I, you know, I'd, I'd been clear with Maxi on that. I was honest and upfront about it that there will be a point where I'm going. And and then obviously Rossville thing came up. How pleased are you with the job you've done at Rossville? Back to back promotions must be a, a great accomplishment for you. I, like, I really proud of what I did there. You know, um, I talk about budgets now, and you know, at Clyde Bank, we've maybe not got the greatest budget in the world compared to some of the teams were competing with, but when we went into Rossville, it was like, it was, it was next to nothing there, budget-wise, and it was, you know, it was a tough job, and, um, but, um, Brian McGinty, had been in before me, had built a good squad, and I went in and sort of looked at a few training sessions, and thought, we can, we can do something here, and, um, obviously, we went on and won the title in my first season, which, you know, I had a lot of managers text me saying, enjoy that, like, you know, some managers never win a league in their whole career, you know, so, uh, you know, I think I had to take a step back and really enjoy that. And then when we kicked up into the championship, it was a lot of people saying, oh, you'll be happy just to stay up in that. But in my head, I was looking at this group of boys we had and I'd added a few and I thought, I quietly thought to myself, like, we can we can do something here. And obviously to get them in the Premier League was a uh, good accomplishment. Brilliant. Nicky, you obviously spent a bit of time at Lags and Paul then... You're now at Clyde Bank. What's, what's been kind of your highlights of your past few years of your career since you came back for Australia? Uh, no, it was good because I played the Largs when before I came back from America, and that was that was just an eye opener. Like it was coming into playing with guys who were I was 21 and playing with guys who were 38 and 40, like Gus Gold, Stevie Connick, they were great guys. But it just it was like, probably I probably caught the end of like the old school changing room. So that was an eye-opener compared to what I was used to in America. But then after this year, you come back and well, come back to Clyde Bank and I think Budgie just built a brand new built a brand new squad as well. So it was all guys similar ages, myself, and we got on great, like socialising outside of football and we've still got a group chat now and like plan night outs and that as well. So from a kind of good bunch who just kind of fitted well. We just missed out in promotion in the first season. I think it was us co-winning Cumnock and Largs. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's four Premier League teams who were going, we just missed out with a few points as well. And then next year we got promoted. And then after that, I moved to Pollock for a year um, and then come back the following year. And then it's been obviously moved over to the West of Scotland League. So it's been good. Brilliant. Well, go on to the, the quick fire questions and teammates round. So, Gordon, what we do is we ask you a couple of quick fire management questions. And then, Nicky, we'll ask you some teammates' questions and Gordon can chip in with his. If he agrees or disagrees with you, but we'll start with Gordon with the quick fire questions round. First of all, Gerard or Postacoglu? 
Well, I'm a Man United fan, so I'll probably have to say Posta Coglu. <laughs> How much has the infrastructure changed at the club since you first went in? Uh, well, with us, it's, uh, it's, it's probably night and day because obviously we had to make a push on our licence. So, um, you know, even the, the difference when I played at the club to first coming in was big and then the jump again over the last two years has been amazing. A lot of hard work. Um, you know, there's a lot goes into that licence that maybe people don't see, you know, and I mean in the background paperwork stuff and admin and coaching badges and all that. Um, but around the ground, you know, putting up the wee shelters, we've still got one to go up and the big shed to go up. But, you know, disabled facilities are a lot has went in there. And, you know, again, testament to Grace and the board. It's, it's been excellent. Brilliant. Do you have ambitions to move up the ladder as a manager in Scottish football? Um, I, I think I think everybody does. You know, I think uh, it was the same as a player. You know, I spoke about jumping to um, senior football. I think you want to go and get to the highest level you possibly can. And, you know, I, I want that to be with Clyde Bank, ideally. You can pick three players from other clubs in the Premier Division to sign for Clyde Bank. Who would you pick? <laughs> Are watching? Try to get me in, try to get me in bother. Um, Stitch up. Um, what's a tough one? I'll go. I'll, I'll probably go one feature of the pitch just off the top of my head. And there's so many good players in this league. Um, back probably uh, Daryl Megup for Arvel, excellent defender, um, super. But could could be playing a few levels above. And you know it's lucky we've got him in this league. Um, midfield go with Fries for be player always light, always does well. Um, games I watch is, you know, up and down, great energy, good use of the ball. Um, up top, I'll go with Graham Wilson, just one and just a player I've always admired. Um, played against him, um, so I understand what he brings to the party. Um, I was obviously towards the end, but his, his movement was top draw, and he's just continued on. I know he's maybe the wee bit of stop start on this season, but he's he's top notch. Brilliant. Best player played with. Uh, I've answered this on a couple of things. Um, Don't say guys, I'm not saying guys. He's he's big enough. (laughs) Um, A a few, if you don't mind, I'll probably say at different stages in my career, Chris Jardin at Annan, who's club captain, top draw, probably ability-wise best player I've played with, midfielder, centre-mid, take the ball anywhere. Um, Senior days, Kieran Donnelly at Albion Rovers, centre-back, good in there. Probably the first time I've genuinely seen a completely two-footed player as a centre-back. used to throw free kicks down, shell one diagonal with his right foot, throw it down, throw it the other way with his left foot with the same quality. Um, he was excellent. Um, junior days, uh, probably Daz McKinnon at Clyde Bank. Um, the season when he got his move to Hamilton, he was unplayable, absolutely unstoppable. Brilliant. Who's the worst? <laughs> the worst player <laughs> I don't know I, I wouldn't like to say I mean I, I, I'm not I'm not going to go there I'm not going to go there <laughs> best character in a dressing room best character um, oh, I've had a few um, Kieran that I mentioned that I'll be he was he was wild uh, Jamie Ewing's 
in that dressing room as well. He's part of the there's stuff for the SFA now with the goalkeeping. He was he was bonkers in the changing room. Uh, there was a couple of Aaron as well. Uh, guy Gary Cochran that we played with Aaron. He was he was a great character. Um, there's one as well. Uh, the late Stan Leslie that we played with at Annan, he passed away uh, from a brain hemorrhage. He was absolutely life and soul addressing him. Um, such a big miss when he, when he unfortunately passed away. Brilliant. Favourite manager in the league? In our league? Aye. Um, Favourite? Like, who do you look forward to when you play them and go and have a, a cup uh, of tea with them after the game? I get, I get on with a few guys. Um, I get on with a few of them. Get on quite well with uh, Lovering now at Ben Bob. We used to have a few ding dongs coming through the leagues with Ben's in Rossville, but now uh, I we, we get on quite well. I'd probably say last night, his opponents, I'd probably say Dan Henderson. Um he's for a few reasons, you know, I, I speak to him quite a lot, um, sort of leaning each other quite a lot about information and stuff. But um it, that probably kicked off when when I first went to Clyde Bank, he, he he knew that I'd done quite well at Rossville and when we first went in, uh, we'd won, I think we won six in the bounce or something when I first took the job, but then we had a wee run, we lost like five or six in the bounce and that was kind of where that, as I said, that's where that squad was at the time, they were so mm-hmm. up and down and I was quite down and low and that about it and Darren actually texted me out the blue, I think we'd lost a fifth game in a row or something or sixth game in a row and he just texted me out the blue, you know, I didn't know him that well at the time, just saying like, Keep your head up, mate. You're a young manager. You get spells like this. It happens. It'll turn. And need any advice? Give me a phone and that. And and I took him up on that. And I did. You know. And I've never forgot that. You know. Didn't need to do that. So I'd probably say Darren. Favorite film. Favorite film. Uh, geez, I, I like. Well, I like a lot of the. I like a lot of the sort of classics. You know, Shawshank and all the usual ones. But it's boring answers, isn't it? <laughs> Um, I like I like I like a lot of the sort of the nineties sort of gangster films, snatch and things like that. So probably see one of them. Like. Proudest moment in football. Um, proudest moment. Um, it's a tough one. Probably as a player, as I said, I've probably mentioned it. Probably getting a chance to go and play senior football because that's what that's what we all want to do ultimately when we start start playing um, as a manager probably my first season you know winning a title my first season that was probably quite a proud moment um, I, so my mum had no long passed away and you know I, you know the way the last game of the season went and all that I was kind of uh, Port Glasgow got a penalty and I was saying a wee word with her you know while it happened and that and I was just a bit emotional after it so I'd probably say that Brilliant. Right, Nick, it's your turn now. You need to answer these honestly. And just remember as well, Gordon can chip in with his answer straight after you. So, teammates, best trainer? Best trainer? Not really a bad one, to be fair. Um, best trainer? Maybe we Ocean McHugh. My young boys come through like a, to, uh, under 20 teams, but like a one of them guys that just come through back of you at training and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like, just a young guy, just pure enthusiastic, just kind of wants to learn. I'd probably maybe just go Ocean. He's fit as well, really fit. So he's always in up there way running that as well. I'd maybe go Ocean. Uh, Ocean would be up there. I think uh, Ocean won the bleep test in pre-season, um, uh, one of the first sessions back. Yeah. Who's the worst? 
here's a question. It depends when you're asking, because if you mean a Tuesday and Chris Black's been out on a Saturday, Sunday, it's fun of playing Chris Black. He's like ball bouncing off him. Or Connor Linus maybe turns up for an hour or a week, goes to drama school Tuesday, Thursday, and comes in for a Tuesday like an hour session, maybe. Um, hey, we, we, Connor, we Connor's got college. He's he kind of, and to be fair to him, he still always makes the effort to get there, but he's always done a wee bit late. So, um, but aye, we do we do have a we've got a jersey, you know, for the worst trainer yeah. that is actually randomly a t-shirt with Paul Burns' face on it, which <laughs> uh, Nicky will probably know the story better than me between the boys, but that's became the, the sort of diddy t-shirt. So depends what week you ask, Scott. The worst trainer gets a t-shirt every week. So I'm trying to think who's had it the most. I'm trying Blackie or Kev Green maybe. Kev Green, I think. Yeah, he's had it a couple of times. Brilliant. Team Hardman. Probably the last two, just two, just two kid on Hardman. Um, Kev Green, maybe. Blackest likes to throw his hat in the ring and run away. Uh, Jambo, probably the same, shouts his mouth off, but doesn't get involved. Uh, He's only been a tackle. Uh, one of them three. Most skillful. Got to be a winger in it, maybe. Cami or Wee Bilbo, maybe. Lee, mm, probably say Cami. Cami can do some stuff in training that just as embarrasses you. Like skills and that stuff, I would, I would even know where to start with. Um, I go with Cami. Gordon, you agree Cami? I would say between Cami and Bilbo, just for skill, just uh, cheeky stuff, nutmegs at uh, will. Quickest player. Uh, me. There's a few probably deceivingly quick. I think Matt McLean's quick for a centre half, but I'd probably say Cammy's faster than him. Kieran Mulcahy's fast actually. Uh, I don't know, actually, not really a sprint to see who is the fastest at training right now. I'd maybe go over 10, 20 yards, I'd maybe say Cammy or Kieran Mulcahy. Mm. I think Kieran could be exceptionally uh, fast. Who's the slowest? Uh, sorry. Slowest? <laughs> I'm going to say me, but I forgot Jamie Darrock. Jamie Darrock's here. Ah, he's up there. Big JD. After they come back a pre-season, I think after the JD. <laughs> I think he was getting lapped. <laughs> Best character? Uh, character. A few, there's actually a few chip in. Uh, Big Jambo, maybe. Big Jambo, he just can't trust him. He's still a guy like 2021, he's still got that app where he can phone you from somebody else's phone and you think it's somebody else's phoning you. <laughs> so you've got to always be aware that whenever you think, like, you're always aware you think, like, a, the newspaper's phoning you, but he's probably just got the first few minutes, you just sort of buy more dancers until you know it's not Jambo. <laughs> and then, I think he actually phoned, he just joined last year, hadn't really met anybody. And he phoned Paul Byrne saying it was you, Gaffer, about <laughs> half 12 at, at night or one in the morning. I think Byrne, was like, Byrne woke up the next day, texted me, going, why is the Gaffer phoning me at one in the morning? But <laughs> he could never, you've just got to watch him, maybe just jambo, you never really know. But apart from like tricks and that, I'd probably just say, I'll go with jambo for character-wise. 
worst dress sense? Ah, oh, easy. Chris Black. We did night out two weeks ago after the Bill Keith game. So we all get ready at like home park and then with a few beers and pizza and stuff at home park and then the boys went straight up to the town. So boys getting ready up in the outside committee and that are all there as well. So boys are scared to walk out because they were getting slaughtered for the for the clubber. But once you seen Blackie go before you, you were fine. You could just walk out after him. <laughs> just wait till he goes. He's shocked. It's always like your mad flowery shirts and pattern t-shirts and that. He's a hundred percent worst dressed. <laughs> Final question, teacher's pet. People are going to say me, but I'm going to say it's not. I'm going to say it's Seve. Seve and the gaffer have got a wee, a wee golf thing that going as well. And their mates away from football. <laughs> so I'm going to say Joe Slattery, and it's not me. Gordon, who's be, your teacher's to, pet? Well, to be fair, I try and play golf with a few of the guys. You know, I try and, I try and burn my way in if there's a game going on a Friday afternoon. They probably need them what to play with me, but I try and burst my way in for a wee game because some of them are off on a Friday, so... <laughs> But I, I think Nicky's probably right. If you ask anybody else in the squad, they'd probably say Nicky Little. So. <laughs> Brilliant. As you might have seen the show before, what we do is we, we get in touch with people close to the both of you and ask if there's any stories. And we've got a few here, by the way. There's a few really good ones. <laughs> we'll start off with Nicky. There's a few here first and foremost. Why does Nicky spank the monkey? I think that's just... By luck, it's me, to be honest. I think, obviously, we've got Bankies TV who film me games and they, like, so they've got, they've got Paul coming and Cod who are doing, like, commentary and that for it as well. So I think I just scored by chance that was going to be, whoever scored next was going to be, was going to get that stuck to them. So by chance I scored, I think that's just why it stuck to me. I don't think it's, it's none, none personal anyway, I don't know. There's also another one here. On a team night out, you get lost from Merchant to Rev, and it's literally two corners up. Turns up 15 minutes later, then everyone absolutely soaking wet. Talk to us about that, because we get that in more than once, actually. <laughs> two weeks ago, we went to, two, three weeks ago, we went to, so we went to, I've played Dalkey, few drinks at Home Park, taxis up to Merchant, and then we book like Revolution after it. But it was pissing, and, and then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just charge it down and I thought like they were all behind me but they were also waiting for a taxi and they were telling me to wait for a taxi but I didn't think they were so I walked in obviously a few drinks in me and next thing you know I'm, I'm halfway down to Revolution realising myself and then my phone's kind of dying so I never checked my phone to see where I was and then I got a bit lost but it's pissing down as well so I end up like under the shelter at this amusements arcade thing I don't really know what's going on. And I walked out and then I need to get Matt Niven to send me his location to see where he is. <laughs> well, this is the time I find out where they all are in Revolution. I turned up and I'm soaking. Like the next day, next morning, I woke up and like my bed, my clothes are actually still wet. I can't believe I actually sat in Revolution. Pure heat to toe dripping with wet. Soaking wet for about four hours, man. It's embarrassing. Gordon, do you feel your management authority is undermined by two models who think they're Tony Pulis? I've just got the name Paul Burnley and Chris Black baseball caps. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a few shocking hats going about the now. Um Kirky's got one as well, by the way, the three of them. Um but yeah. I Paul Burns probably worst offender. He's he actually he's getting called the hat running about training the now because he comes in with these pony pullish caps. So they're absolutely I, I wear caps myself all the time, but the things that they're wearing are absolute shockers. <laughs> 
What are Jamie Donnelly's tunes like before a game? Shocking. He's a, he's a, he's not been there last. It's some um, it's some sound system he's got. I actually had it um for pre season when we were training at Vicky Park. So I, I got a lend it because we were doing the bleak test and all that and I kept it for a while. So I kinda had it and when it was a good weather in the summer going to the beach with the missus and all that, I'm kicking about this big boombox. But <laughs> there's some there's some volume in it to be fair. And he uh, yeah, that's that's Jambo's thing, you know, straight in, gets the phone hooked up and likes to be in control. So I uh, we just we just leave him to it. Who is the oldest looking 24 year, year old in history and how, who was nearly denied access into the training, into the young team training one night? Adam Hodge. <laughs> the boy, you can never believe he's 24 years old, man. I think it was the time we lined up at training and it was young v old and that. You're like, all right, you're like, you're taking the piss, you've got a bib on. He's like, no, I'm only 24. Oh, you're right. <laughs> he's so fucked up. I, I went through that as well, you know, when we we're signing Hodgie um, at the start of this season, you know, because we spoke about, you know, right backs and who we thought were the sort of the best ones in the league and who could we go and get. And, and I'd sort of said, you know, I, you know, Hodgie's got good experience, he's played a lot of games at this level and that, been with Hurl for a long time. And I was actually taken aback myself, it was only 24, you know, so I was like, and it, it, was, it was a wee bit offended by that, but I, I meant that, you know, genuinely. It's actually, it was a bonus for me. He was 24, but I couldn't believe it. Nicky, how does it feel to have scored the same amount of goals for Clyde Bank as it takes you to complete 18 holes of golf? <laughs> Is that who's saying that, Mike Waters? Yeah, there's a few for him. It's, like, it's good he's mentioned 100 goals, though, eh? <laughs> it's good, good he's mentioned <laughs> who's scored 100 goals against. To be fair, they've done me a favour that day. How have you managed to get a full Sunday session paid for in Blackpool? Uh, Liverpool, sorry. Well, we've got a team night out. Oh, actually, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Again, we usually go to Liverpool Saturday, Sunday for the Christmas too, so we booked it again. Obviously, last year never happened, but two years ago, I ended up, I get absolutely rinsed at Mark Waters. End up going out the whole... A whole Sunday in Liverpool and he forgets his wallet. He's never seen the likes of it again. Absolutely rinsed, man. Then, so he still owes me a good few ton for that. Actually, <laughs> this is for Gordon and Nicky as well. You can have a, a wee comment on this as well. What was your thoughts on Matty McLean's world record sponsored silence attempt and how much is he raised now? <laughs> I'm assuming that's to do with the, the the boys' chat and all that. I mean, I'm obviously knowing that, but. I've heard that uh, Matt gets a bit of prod in it time to, to say something in the chat, so I'm assuming that's what that's about. Uh, Matt, is, um, Matt is a good boy, but sometimes we go nights so it'll just, we'll just sit for a few hours and not speak to anybody. <laughs> sit on his phone, so that's all where that's coming from. Sharing a, sharing a car with Chris Black and Jamie Darrick must be very tough in the ears. How have you suffered that for so long, Nicky, and what is your secret? Just get used to it, really. Just get Jamie to drive me and Blackie to buy you coffees and I'll upset with anybody. <laughs> Gordon, this final one's for you before we move into some questions from the fans. Ask Moff if he feels he's on a sugarly peg after last night's result. <laughs> <laughs> he's asking that. <laughs> the same guy that's asked quite a few things. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I mean it's uh, still still disappointed for last night in all seriousness. It's um, 
I don't sleep really well when when we lose. Um, but I, I mean, in, in terms of where we've where we've came from, that for me we've we've made a lot of progress. You know, in all seriousness, I think we've lost two games and whatever it is, 20, 30 games. But I still I still want more. You know, I still I still think there's a lot of improvement to come. Yeah, definitely. Well, touching a few questions for the fans as well before we move into the final previews for what's coming up for us in the next couple of weeks. What are your hopes and ex- objectives for the next five years at Clyde Bank, Clyde Bank FC and how proud would you be to lead the team back to the SPFL? Um, well, I, th- I think it's, you know, it's obvious what the ambition is for the club. You know, we went for a licence and everybody knows the backstory mm-hmm. of where, where we've came through, right through the junior leagues and then back in the senior football. So I think that's clear. Um, you know, five five years. I I would I would like to think we've we've at least made the jump to to Lowland. That would be my target. Um, certainly, there's no there's no pressure from the club. There's no pressure from Grace. She's not putting a time limit on that. She knows. Again, we, we spoke about it when I came in. We knew kind of where we where where we were and where we need to be. Um, I think you know the, the season I came in at the start of that season two years ago. The season before that. The club had, you know, we'd, we'd lost 13 games and won 13 games, you know, so it was a real up and down team. And in and, and my mind, the first thing was to get as competitive again at the top end with, in the bigger games, which I feel we're doing. The next jump for me is to be winning those big games all the time, which, you know, we, we know we need to keep pushing towards that. But I talk, to answer the question, Scott, you know, my ambition would be to be in the Lowland League um, within that five years. That's my, that's my target. And then obviously from then you're looking to try and build again. But to do that, you're you're trying to you're trying to increase the budget. The Scottish Cup played a part in that. Get a yeah. run in that. That's our that's our kind of plan to do that. Because we don't have like you know we don't have a person pumping money into us. But that's a plan to try and increase our budget. Yeah, definitely. Can you can the guys please let us know what their favourite filling is on the full time pieces? We'll start with you, Nicky. Um, can I just like a basic cheese savoury I'm not mad <laughs> I'm, all, I'm happy with that that's cool with me Gordon what's yours uh, the full time pieces I, I, I don't I don't eat much really at full time I leave it to the boys and that but I am I'm the same just something basic a cheese and hammer that's a nice wee sandwich that's what you're after don't try and get too clever with it do you know what I mean <laughs> I've got a question for Colin Crosby Clyde Bank have a really good squad this year. It's been used to good effect. Unfortunately, injuries have left us struggling a bit up front. Is Gordon looking to add to the squad to provide extra cover? Well, I think on that, um, you know, and I've watched a few of your things, Scott. Obviously, watched a lot of the interviews going around the clubs and all that. As a, most teams have been the same at some point. Um, I've certainly never known anything like it. You know, and I, I was speaking actually to Dean Keenan for Trin the other night. Yeah. Um, and you know we, we were saying the same. I don't know if it has played a part of so stop start for eighteen months, and then suddenly you're asking guys go Wednesday Saturday. Well, I'd imagine that has played a part. Yeah. Um, and it's been you know it has been difficult. We you know we had times we're getting guys back now, but we had times where we had eight nine guys out. You know that could all be looking to start a game. And that's that's hard for any team. But um, to answer the question, I probably the the one at the moment is Kieran Mulcahy, who's really really frustrated because he's he came off the bench on Saturday done really well but his knee flares up again straight after it and that's him for a week again 
Um, so we've really been trying to manage him and get him back, but we'll probably need to get him to see a specialist. Ross McPherson is now just starting to get back to full fitness. I would say he said himself last night, it's the first time he's felt um, properly ready to go. He's had a few wee setbacks with COVID and, and a muscle strain. You know, Nicky, again, our captain, he had a muscle injury a few weeks ago and Hamish McKinley's been the same. So all four of them have suffered for various things this season. To, you know, Kieran's probably a wee bit out of the picture just now because we need to get him really seen to. But if we can keep the other three fit, I'd be happy with that. But yes, if, if one of them was to drop by the wayside, then it leaves us a bit light and we'd probably be, probably be looking to add someone. Nicky, this is for you. This is for Stevie Dugan. It's clear that our way, that your away form is so much is so much better so far this season than home. Do the team feel added pressure at home? Is it due to a more difficult set of fixtures at home, or is it something else? Uh, I knew the exact reason, but something we could pinpoint. It. I just at home form, it's probably it's not been good enough really, even though we're still sitting third on the table. Or if we could rectify our home form, we'd be in a much better position. Um, I don't think it's the day with the fans at all, or the demands of the fans. It's probably when you're playing for a, a bigger club near the top end of the table, you've got it comes part and plan, part and parcel. Sorry. Got to take the good with the bad. You're gonna get a lot of plaudits when you're up at the end of the table, but you've got to take a wee bit of criticism as well when it's not going so well. I don't think it's cause of that. I just think I don't know. I don't know if maybe teams maybe enjoy coming to us as well. They enjoy sometimes some toughs aren't so good, but they come here a good astro and they know they can pass and they can play. And maybe I don't. I don't the actual reason I, I couldn't put my finger on it as it stands, um, but it's something we probably know when you're rectifying. Does the gaffer of two other coaches as coping with Kirky as a three-man job? <laughs> He's a full-time job at times. <laughs> um, nah, I mean, listen, the, the guys that I've got by my side, you know, that's, that's brilliant. You know, again, I've spoken about that before. Um, we, added, we added Phil Bannister to that as a goalkeeper coach on a permanent basis more recently. You know, he was in helping us out initially and, and Phil really loved it and and fairly wanted to be a part of it. So, um, in terms of the, the the four guys I've got supporting me, five five people actually I should say and include Kieran. That is is a physio, and you know she's really doing well as well. I've got such a good supporting team that um, couldn't ask for any more for them. Brilliant. Final question from Tommy Griffin. Clyde Bank used to be in the upper leagues and obviously aspired to get back there. Where do you think your new natural level will be? And is there added pressure to get there quick because of the club's past? You've kind of touched on that, but obviously it's an interesting thing. Is it, do the club, like the, the kind of committee and things like that, do they have that kind of pressure on like the fact that obviously this is an opportunity for Clyde Bank to get back to where they, where they were like 20, 25 years ago? Like, do they, Is that kind of message from the top to get like there as quickly as possible? Is that ever been kind of spoke about with you, Gordon? I think, uh, as I've said, you know, Grace and I have charged very regularly and, you know, when I first came in, there was obviously a remit to, you know, we're at the bottom end of the league, and so obviously to get us get us safe at that time. And then I think that season we ended up we ended up fifth, but it was ninth in points per game, um, which again that that was just where things were at that time. So, I the first remit, Grace was quite clear that yeah, I want to, I want us to improve, I want us to get back up towards the towards the top end of the league you know she's no she wasn't putting down crazy demands to go and win the title or anything but we wanted to improve um, and then I think when the licence thing came along that was probably at the point where again we had a bit of a chat about it like what 
what is the target here? Where, where are we heading? And I think, you know, the board are always a collective. They're clear on what they want to do. They, they want us to climb through the levels. Um, but, yeah, they're certainly not heaping pressure on me of a, a yeah. two-year plan or anything like that. If anything, I, I probably put that on myself because... Because of what I've done at my last club, it was it was jumping the levels, and I, I know it's coming from a different different level altogether. But I've got that pressure on myself that I've been used to winning, and you know I want to put that onto the players. I want us to climb into the lone league as quick as possible. Um, but I'm also realistic about I touched on it before about where we are in terms of right at this minute in terms of maybe budgets in the league, and I've spoke about this before that. I don't think you should hide behind budget stuff because, you know, everybody's got different budgets and I, I don't know what other clubs' budgets are, but I know where we are and I've got a fair idea of roughly where other clubs will be. And I know that I know that we're up there punching with some probably big budgets, but at the same time, you can't hide behind that because when I played at a club, we never had a big budget and we're, we're a top three Premier League club. So if you build a squad in the right manner and you go about your business, you can be up there. So for me, this season... As I said to you, Scott, in the summer, it was about getting us up towards that end and competing in the big games again. Next year, I'll probably be pushing myself and the players. We need to be going again and, and really starting to threaten for that title. That's in my high, in my mind where we need to be. Um, but no, probably a long-winded way of saying that, you know, Grace isn't putting that pressure on me of it needs to happen next season. But at the same time, she would love it to. And that's, that is clear where we want to be. Brilliant. We'll move on to what's coming up for Clyde Bank. He's got two massive games coming up in the next two weeks. Home to the Buffs on Saturday, then away to Bees. Nicky, how big are the games for the, the team to get back to winning ways? Huge. Uh, massive. Like, you know, there's a bit of question mark regarding probably over ourselves now after last night and probably over a home form as well. There's question marks over the whole team and the boys now. So we know we need to go and put, put it right. Um, it's now probably a bit back to the walls and we can move fighting and see how we go on. But no, the two massive games, know how good this either co-winning. I mean, they're at the top end of the table for a reason as well. And Beaver always tough. Um, I played the Butch, I know Butch's leg, I know Butch's teams are like, so they'll be really tough as well. So no, two massive games. God, what's your thoughts in the next two games coming up? Just as Nicky says, you know, both really tough games, but the games we need to come out and, and express ourselves starting on on Saturday, real tough one. You know, anytime we play Stanley's teams, you know you're getting a tough game. His team works incredibly hard and, um, you know, he's always got a good shape about them. So it's going to be a really tough game. It's a really big game. Um, we need a bit of a reaction from last night. And then next week, you know, it's always a tough game over there at, at B. We, we played them over there in the challenge last season, beat them in extra time. Um, really tough game, full of good players. So, Listen, as I said, I was speaking, I was speaking to Hendel about this last night again. You know, every single game in this league, it's, it's a tough, ruthless league. Um, and I think, you know, you've only got to look at some of the results. You know, it's sometimes I look at results and I'm like, Oof, that's a big result. But it's everybody could beat everybody. You know, it's a wee bit of cliche, but if you're not at it, you're, you're going to have a bad day. And that's what I try to sort of express to the players. Brilliant, but we are going to wrap up the show there. I want to just thank Gordon and Nicky for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on. Thanks. No, no worries. Brilliant. Thanks very much to everyone who's tuned in. Please follow our social media pages and subscribe to our social our social media podcast and YouTube channels. 
Gordon, Nicky as well, best of luck for the season ahead. He's are doing great so far and he's hoping it picks up, everyone picks up and he's going to have a successful season. Thanks no, cheers, Scott. Um, and keep doing what you're doing, mate. Um, the show's really good. Thanks very much. I really appreciate the kind words. Thanks very much to everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.